Thank you for joining episode 65 of Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I'm your host, Rachel Jenneman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today we discuss just that with my dear friend, Frankie Whiteford. I have had the privilege of watching as well as helping her walk through her time of overcoming drugs and alcohol and what that was like for her, not just as a person, but as a mother and how it affected her child's life and what she is doing now in her freedom. So take a listen. I hope this encourages you today, whether you are the one struggling with drugs or if it is someone in your life. Welcome back to the Unique On Purpose podcast, and I'm excited because I'm welcoming my friend Frankie. Frankie, thanks for stopping in today. Yes, of course. My pleasure to be here. (laughs) So glad that you are here, and we're here today to talk about, I mean, I'm just going to get right to the point. We're going to talk about drugs, like just that overcoming that lifestyle. And next week, I'm actually going to have a woman on whose son was highly addicted to heroin and what she went through. But I think it's really good to get your side of it, of what you went through, that just that journey. And really, it was kind of that journey that led you to Christ, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, very okay. much so. So before we begin, you are a wife, you're a mom of two littles. Well, one's not so little anymore, and then one really, really little. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you lead worship at your church, and now you're just kind of on this journey of, I need to share what God has done in my life, because I've watched your journey, Frankie. <laughs> it's pretty miraculous what you've gone through. So let's just go back to the beginning and tell me what it was like for you growing up all right so growing up uh, my parents had divorced when I was nine years old Mm -hmm. Um, but we had gone to Sunday school you know growing up but once they had divorced my dad would take us to different churches all around off and on just to check them out Uh, but as for regularly attending church we did not Um, Mm -hmm. I remember giving my life at 12 years old at Mm -hmm. a church in Bay City Mm -hmm. Um, and but at that point I I didn't really know the Lord per se. I got that excited feeling in my heart, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily chase after him. Okay. Um, so you had somewhat of a church background in a way. You yes. had exposure. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we would pray, you know, pray prayers like now I lay me and Jesus loves me. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get the hunger for the word or the Lord until I grew up and got into the shenanigans that I did. Okay. I met my husband when I was 17 years old. I'm 29 now. When him and I had gotten together, I had just gotten out of an accident where I had ruptured my spleen at, oh. at Holiday Holiday Hills. Yes, I was wow. snowboarding and ended up, my my rib had sliced my spleen in half. <sighs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting put on a bunch of pain meds at that time. I was out of school for a few months. It was I almost died. So was this your senior year? This was 10th grade. 10th grade. Okay. Yes. And so God had kept me alive through that. There was internal bleeding and it was a miraculous moment then as Mm -hmm. the many times in my life that he's just taking care of me. Uh, They did not have to do surgery. um, So he, yeah, he just somehow stopped the bleeding and it healed up and is actually back together in one piece now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I got put on pain meds at that time and... I took them as prescribed until, I don't know, I was on them for a few years, I'd say. And I took them as I was supposed to until I didn't and took a couple extra. And that kind of 
sparked this thing in my my brain that got me just down the road of addiction. Mm-hmm. I, Can you stop right there? And I, I want you to stop because I don't know what that's like. So I kind of want to have an understanding. What was it that, okay, you took a few extra pills. What was it that it was doing to you that kind of got you hooked? I'm, I'm asking because I'm just trying to understand. I, I guess it was a, um, a counterfeit feel good feeling. Okay. Um, very scary. It kind of just, you know, I thought I originally thought I would die if I took more than prescribed. Mm -hmm. So when I found out that I wouldn't die, I thought it was a lot more fun and, and, um, started this cycle that really took me down the road of destruction. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that time I had taken more than prescribed. I was still in high school at that point, had to get back into classes and try to catch up. And and that also kind of fueled the fire to take more because I was depressed and stressed out that I couldn't catch up the stuff that I had missed. Okay. Fast forward to meeting my husband a couple years later uh, in 2017. At that point in time, I was on ADHD medication as well and started abusing that, which was the amphetamines. And so that had taken a twist in the whole mix. And my husband and I we weren't married yet, but we had met one another. We were drinking a lot. We were taking speed. We were taking pain pills, mm-hmm. anything and everything. It just, things got crazy. We, um, <sighs> it's hard. It's okay. Let me, let me ask you this. So what is it that all of a sudden, I mean, that's a big jump to go from, okay, now I'm kind of addicted to these opi- opioids that I was taking for the pain. Now I'm going to speed. Now I'm binging alcohol. Like, how the heck did that (laughs) escalate? Uh, Kind of the same factor as with the taking extra pain meds was I was taking the ADHD medicine as prescribed. And then I was like, oh, well, if the pain meds did that when I took extra, what will it do if I take extra of the um, the ADHD meds? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's another counterfeit feel good pleasure that Mm -hmm. I I had fallen into the prey of Mm -hmm. the enemy with that. I was dating Alex for seven months and then I got pregnant with Colton. Okay. So that at that time helped me to get, you know, clean mm-hmm. kind of sort of. Because you um, were like, I don't want to do this to my unborn child. Yes. Yes. And so mm-hmm. I got off of all the ADHD medicines by the grace of God. I was able to get off of the pain meds. I was kind of sober. Unfortunately, I was still smoking marijuana mm-hmm. and eating edibles and everything. Um, but at that point, my husband, and I'll give you a little background on him because it kind of helps with our story here. Okay. When he was younger, he spent a lot of time in and out of detention facilities. He spent time over in, you know, Reed City Detention Facility. He was in and out of jail constantly when I met him. Mm-hmm. We were drinking a lot when we had first met and right before I had gotten pregnant. After I had Colton, I started to dabble in drinking quite a bit again. Uh, and it wasn't too long after that that I started using a whole lot of speed again because I was still prescribed it. I just wasn't taking it at that time while I was pregnant. So after I got pregnant, I got back onto it. Mm-hmm. Again, looking for that feel good? Yes, yes. Were were you kind of going through the postpartum depression kind of thing or baby blues that you felt that you needed that feel good? Um, there's always been something in me that's always searched out, seeked out, whether it was caffeine or growing up, I remember energy drinks. I was 12 years old and I had my first energy drink and I remember reading on the bottle, must be 18 years or older. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, look at that. You know, I'm a so, rebel. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you know, something about whatever's in those energy drinks gets my mind going too. I can't, I won't drink those because that mm-hmm. just sparks that same addictive mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah. It wasn't too long after that we started using a whole lot of speed again. Due to the alcohol and using speed, Alex and I were fighting all the time, physically and verbally. We would go on four to five long day binges on speed, which was causing us to be out of our minds since we were awake for so long. Mm. Sometime around 2012, 2013, an acquaintance of ours brought heroin over to our house and asked if we wanted to try it. And at that point, we were dabbling in everything. We were using anything, any opiate, any mm-hmm. any downer, anxiety medication, so it's whatever like, it was. Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, why not? We're already doing everything else. Yes, and okay. it was, what else can we acquire to feel what way? We had heard about how bad it was, but Alex and I were the type of people that we would try anything mm-hmm. and that we thought we wouldn't be the ones to end up getting addicted. Okay. So lo and behold... We detoxed for the first time not long after that and found out that if we didn't have any heroin, we would be very super sick, like sicker than the flu. At that point, we started using any and every type of opiate to keep from getting sick. With our tolerance building each and every day, we needed more and more heroin or pills, any pills, to feed our addiction. And that led to selling everything that was worth money in our house and then going to forging checks and stealing from our family members their jewelry and their guns. So what is going on as a mom through all this? You have this baby now. Yeah, and, he's about one years old. And and you are way more addicted now than before you had Colton. How are you able to take care of him? That was that was where things got a little messy because I, I had that, that conviction, that small voice in my heart, even though I didn't understand that that was the Holy Spirit at that time. Mm-hmm. I had it saying that I needed to allow Alex's mother to take care of Colton because we just were on a dangerous path and I didn't want him to be around mm. all that we were doing and mm-hmm. using. The crimes we had committed to feed our addiction led to an arrest uh, at Colton's school. I was at his preschool orientation and I walked out of the school and the cops were there waiting to, to arrest me. Right in front of your son. Yep. Wow. Yep. And that was in 2015 and I ended up with a whole list of charges. Um, but at the same time, it was a big relief. It was just uh, able to just sit back. You know, I remember them finding the heroin in the vehicle I was driving and I was like, oh no, Lord, <laughs> oh no. Like, I was like, okay, you know, all the other crimes I committed, but I was hoping that they wouldn't find that, you know, yes. but that once they actually found that it was the scariest, but most relieving point as well. Cause I realized it's done. Mm. It's finally done. I'm at the end of myself. Mm-hmm. And that was when in jail, when I cried out to God for help. What? And it's because you... Because you had that familiarity in your past of God that you decided, okay, I need to cry out to God? Yes. Because, I I mean, and I forgot to mention, during those times um, that we were using, I mean, there's multiple times that we've overdosed. Um, There's times that, you know, I, like I said, awake for days. You shouldn't be driving at that point, but I was driving. And so I would would pray prayers like, God, please help us to get home safe and, Mm -hmm. you know, keep me alive as I would be shooting up heroin. Mm Mm-hmm. So I cried out to God because I knew he was there. I've always known he's with me and I've always leaned on him even when I was being rebellious and doing things against what I know 
you know, wasn't right. I'm yeah. like, oh, Lord, save me. You know, I always fell yeah. back on that. So we, we were in jail. We didn't know how long it was going to be. How, you know, we were away from our son. I thought I was going to go to prison. I had gotten charged with a bunch of felonies. But God used others in jail to teach us about his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace. How and, so? Well, that was the first time I'd learned who the Holy Spirit was. I remember getting so excited in there. The, the chaplain, Tina, she had gone to each one of our cells and she would talk to us about the Lord. She would pray with us. And I was just so distraught. What did I do? I remember looking in the mirror in jail and um, just in disbelief. Like, who are you? What mm-hmm. did, What have you done? Yeah. You have a son. You know, you've got a great life to live. What are you doing? Yeah. And I... Uh, I remember her praying with me and me giving my life again to the Lord in Mm -hmm. there. And I remember just getting so filled with, at that time, I didn't know what it was. I was just hungry for going to the church classes that they offered in jail. I was hungry to read the Bible for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. I remember standing in the hallway in the jail and Tina, the the chaplain of jail, she's like, Frankie, that's the Holy Spirit. Because I was like, what is going on? What is this feeling? You know, I never felt so good in my life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's the Holy Spirit. He's working on you. He's changing you. And there was a time that she had given me, um, she would give us Bible verses that we could color, like, you know, coloring page Bible verses. And this verse I clung to in there, Psalm 34, 14, one of the first verses I've ever really clung to in my life. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. And that one, um, you know, I was doing a lot of evil at that time. There was a lot of people I was burning and all of them, most of them were close to me. You know, I was stealing those guns and that jewelry from Alex's grandparents, you know, and writing their checks. And they caught us multiple times and we continued to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started going to all the church groups and the Bible studies that the jail had offered. And uh, God gave me for a hunger for his, a hunger for his word for the first time. And I'd always believed in God and that Jesus died for our sins and prayed prayers. But as I was getting extremely messed up, I realized that, uh, that there's more to life mm-hmm. than how I was living. And uh, he kind of gave me that revelation in there. And he used even, you know, someone at that time was, uh, in jail with me, who actually was attending Living Hope Church. Um, and she had spoken into my heart and into my life and said, Frankie, you know, have you ever attended church? And I'm like, not since I was a kid. You know, I didn't really have an interest still. Um, but she's Even said, though you were excited about God and you were going to these classes, you didn't really have an interest of going to church? Yeah, once for you got some out. reason. I didn't okay. know why, you know. And um, But she kept, she kept pressing that into me. And I remember staying awake, you know, late at night in jail in my cell reading the word just flipping through pages like I was just spending hours and hours and hours hungry for more of him mm-hmm. however I could get him I ended up getting out of jail before my husband we were both in okay that was time. my other question is what's going on with Alex at this time well that same day that I got arrested at the school they arrested him at home because we were mm. we were on the run we had committed oh yeah we had committed a lot of crimes. Those crimes for the jewelry, mm-hmm. the checks, the guns, all of that. I mean, Ace Buyers, they had caught us there. They caught us at the check and go. And so we both had quite the list of charges. And he already had a criminal history background. So mm-hmm. he was looking for sure prison time, we thought. And um, But my dad had, had gotten me a lawyer from downstate. And 
by God's grace, I didn't go to prison. And it's just absolutely incredible. So I ended up getting out and getting to go to rehab, which was a super blessing. Phoenix here in Traverse City. We stayed clean. I was stayed clean. He was still in jail at that time. But I stayed clean for probably six months to eight months or so, but then went right back into smoke marijuana. Um, it started with marijuana and then this stuff called Kratom, which not a lot of people know about the dangerous effects of that because actually it's sold in gas stations all around mm-hmm. here. It's sold in smoke shops all around. So this isn't any legal drug. This is like this an is over- legal. Yeah, this is okay. It's very addictive and it's dangerous because it's portrayed as something that'll make you feel good. It'll help you relax and give you energy. But the thing is, is that it affects your opiate receptors in your brain mm. so that it's doing the same thing to you as pain meds. Really? Maybe not to the extent of pain meds, but it's touching on those receptors. Okay? So is that making you then want to go back yes. to the pill? Okay. Yes. And so it's just, so that started that, aci- that cycle of addiction again. And we literally started where we left off. He ended up getting out of jail a few months after I did when I, I got. How long were you in for? I was in for three months and then I was in rehab for a month and then I was on tether, like house arrest, uh, for two and a half months. So where's Colton at this whole time? Is he still with your mother-in-law? Yes. And I got to have, I got to go home, like to her house anyway, for house arrest so that I could be with him at that time. So we started where we left off once he had gotten out. They say when you go back to using drugs, you start right back where you were and spiral down faster and faster. And I didn't believe it. I was like, no, it won't happen. Well, it did. Mm -hmm. We started using other things again to make us feel good. And it wasn't long at all before we went back to using heroin and pills. Even with knowing everything that happened, we thought, oh, no, we we can overcome that. It's okay. It'll be fine this time. But that feeling of that desire, that crazy addiction desire, unfortunately, it overcomes you know, the, the beauty of motherhood, that feeling of being there for your children. It, mm. It's a tough one to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I still work through some, some stuff with that because, um, you know, I wish I hadn't gone and did what I did when Colton was a baby, you know, especially seeing my little daughter now, mm-hmm. 16 months old. I, I get reminded of all the things that I missed out on at that time. Yeah. But God's bringing redemption to that. And through that, there's a lot that, um, you know, Colton has learned himself. It's my son. He's 11 years old. <laughs> we went back to using heroin and pills. And this time we ended up trying crack and cocaine. These ended up being our drug of choice during that season of life. But honestly, we would do anything and take anything to keep from having to be sober or sick. We ended up committing the same exact crimes, the same ones as we did before. Uh, in 2017, we got arrested again. The same cycle. Went to rehab again. Thank you, Lord. Um, but we got back out and we went back to using Kratom again, like right away. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. There's no no explanation for it. Thinking. Um, so if I were to sit here and ask you why, you would just say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and well, our thinking at that time was we'll just do it a couple times. It'll be okay. Right. Just a couple, you know, just once or twice more and then we'll right. put it down. Uh, Well, we lost a whole nother year to being addicted to Kratom, along with using cocaine. And then uh, towards the end of 2018, we tried meth. Um, So it's spring of 2018 now, and we were emaciated, like literally just nothing left of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Constantly getting sick, pneumonia, bronchitis. 
Um, due to our immune systems being so weak and the, the toll. You know, I didn't think about that, through. that the drugs ruining your immune system and being more susceptible to things like colds and flu. Yeah. I didn't oh, think yeah. about that. Yeah. And then how we weren't getting sleep, being awake mm. on crack and cocaine and all that stuff. We weren't. Drugs were our priority. You know, not right. being parents, not work, nothing. That was our priority. Every ounce of money we had went to that. At that time, I smoked cigarettes, too. And. We didn't have money for cigarettes. Every bit of money we had would go towards drugs. And if we couldn't get drugs, it would go to alcohol. Yeah. Um, so we would even go to the point of smoking other people's butts, like mm-hmm. their cigarette butts. That's, um, we, were, we were desperate. And so at that time, I was so weak. We both were. And I was literally having involuntary twitches because of how much like speed and meth I was using. Mm-hmm. That I never thought would go away. And uh, I was in a psychosis state of mind. So we were sick of living the way we were and chasing the high that we could never achieve. And we cried out to God for help again and told him that we would never do cocaine again. We as in you and Alex? Yes, because we were we were sick of living Did, that yeah, way. But does Alex have any concept of, of God? He, when I first met him, he didn't. No, he, I mean, he... Had gone to Sunday school growing up, but he was on borderline, not mm-hmm. sure if he was real or not. Right. And he wasn't sure if he was real. And, you know, I knew, always known in my heart that God was real and that he mm-hmm. was taking care of me. I've seen him work in others, but I didn't recognize that that was God, per mm-hmm. se. Um, but at that point in time, after 2015, um, when we had first gotten arrested, Alex kind of realized, hey, I, you know, God's kind of, I think he's more real than I than I realized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, especially with all the times that we had overdosed, like I was telling you about. Um, there was a time that we were down on Front Street in Traverse City at an antique store selling some jewelry. And Alex had gone inside and I was stayed I stayed in the vehicle and I stayed in there to get the heroin ready so that we could use it. And by God's grace, Alex had forgotten his ID. So he had come outside and I had already done my heroin and I was dead. Mm. I was gone, like no life left in me. Uh, he went to use that Narcan, the you know life-saving mm-hmm. stuff, and never had used it before, but we always kept one on us just in case. And he put it in my leg and pulled it out real fast. And after he pulled out the Narcan, then it went off and said, three, two, one. And so it wasn't even in my leg at that time when it needed to be mm-hmm. to, to administer the life-saving stuff. And so he rips me out of the vehicle on the middle of Front Street, downtown Traverse City, and pulls me out into the parking lot, and I was gone. He was trying to administer CPR. Somehow no one saw, but God God saved me through that. There was, you know, he couldn't bring me back himself, and then out of nowhere I just mm-hmm. came back to life. Yeah. And um, it's crazy because with drugs you don't realize the power of them um, because I came back to life out of that, and I was mad. I was mad because I didn't feel the heroin that I just Mm. shot up. And that's how messed up your mindset is in that time. You don't realize you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like looking back at that time though, I was mad because he got to still do his. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. You know, anytime that we were looking out for heroin or for drugs, the stuff that people would overdose on is the stuff that we would search after. Like that point of sickness in our mind. Like we're like, that's the good stuff. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. And 
it's hard to wrap your mind around because now looking at it, you're like, what in the world? You know, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense as to why someone would seek after that. But addiction doesn't make sense. So back to that time when we had told God that we would never use cocaine ever again because it, we were spending so much money for a 20 minute high, mm-hmm. literally like $250 gone, gone, gone. Wow. And so that was another, you know, it was just a quicker way to lose our money. So at that point we told God together, we prayed out, prayed to him and said, we will never use it again. Mm-hmm. Well, we ended up doing it again. When we ended up doing that, we got the most amazing fear of God, I would say. Because that next time that we shot up cocaine, we experienced, I would say, just a taste of the fear of God. Because we had shot it up, and it was just the most doomed feeling I've ever experienced in my life. And he experienced it too, and it wouldn't stop. It was a feeling like, and we both knew, like, we had promised that to you, God, Mm. and we did it again. Yeah. And God was like, are you sure that's what you want? You Mm -hmm. know, and I felt like he, you know, he really opened our eyes to the destruction of the cocaine per se mm-hmm. at that point in time. It, it was, it was beautiful, but scary. <laughs> it right? was so scary because we tried using other drugs at that time to get that feeling to go away. But it was a eight hour long, like I told you, it was only 20 minutes or so of, mm-hmm. of the high you get from cocaine. Well, this was like eight hours long of just the most fear you could ever experience, the most paranoia. And we knew it was because of you know, we had promised that to God and we did it again. Mm-hmm. So that was the last time that we'd ever used cocaine. <laughs> so I'm just so thankful for that experience from God for that. But we continued to use Kratom and smoke and drink alcohol. And uh, fast forward to February of 2019. Um, we do a 21-day fast at our church and during that 21-day fast, God had freed me from Kratom. And the thing about Kratom is, is you detox. You don't, people think, oh, you just, you know, you use it once, twice to be done. No, it gives you those feelings of sickness. Um, so I was able to, by God's strength and his miraculous power, get off of Kratom without any repercussions. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just that when when churches do those 21-day, 40-day fasts, which is awesome, and they should be doing them, most people are going, man, I got to fast coffee or something. And you're yeah. like, I'm fasting drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because I know the power of fasting. Ever yes. since I started attending Living Hope, God literally brought us in 2015, Was there was a gentleman at our church currently who is on the worship team and he was bringing church into the jail. He was playing guitar and he was ministering to both Alex and I separately in those classes. And I, it was funny as I was able to tell him, Hey, you know, my fiance at the time is over in that class. Would you please tell him I love him? And Mm -hmm. you know, he had done that. It's so simple, such a little thing, but all this way in 2017, when I had gotten out of jail was, when I had actually started attending the Living Okay, Home that Church. was my next question was, okay, you've gone through all of this. What is the breaking point now that you said, okay, we're going to church? Yes. And so we started attending. I started attending because Alex was still in jail at that time. He was sentenced to a year in Grand Traverse County Jail. Um, I started attending, I think it was October of 2017. Okay. And there was just something about the way that the pastor preached that mm-hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it but I was so drawn I didn't understand a word at all <laughs> that he was preaching I was sitting in the back I was just like in awe kind of of like I didn't know what I was what is happening something is really going on you were sitting on in here. the back yeah oh, oh yeah the way back 
Okay. Yeah. Because you're an at front person yes. now. <laughs> Is Colton going with yes. you at this time? Um, or were you by yourself? By myself at first. Right. Yep. Um, and so I, I was attending there with that friend whom I told you I was in jail with. I was like, okay, let's do this. And right. that was 2017. So it was a couple years later. And uh, ended up going there. Like I said, I was drawn in. So once Alex had gotten out, I was like, Alex, you got to come to this church. Mm-hmm. I said, I know. And he's like, I don't really, not church right. isn't for me. And I mm-hmm. was like, well, please just come. And so he felt the same thing that I did. Every Sunday when we would leave there, we felt strengthened and empowered and just able to take on difficulties much easier. All those things that we were still trying to overcome. You know, we still had that mindset, that addictive mindset. Um, but the way that God uses our pastor at our church is profound. Mm-hmm. All the pastors at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, it's incredible. Um, one of our pastors back when I was using cocaine still, you know, the love of people in church. <laughs> That's kind of what drew me into was the love, the acceptance, not being judgmental of where I was at in my life. Um, yeah. One of the pastors there, she had invited me over for dinner one day because I had cried out to her. I put in a prayer card one time that it said, look, I'm on probation. I'm using cocaine. I don't know what to do. I need help. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she invited me over for dinner. And I was able to pour my heart out to her. I was able to tell her where I was at. I was able to tell her, hey, I'm on probation. I'm not supposed to be using drugs, but I am. Can you help me? I was so scared because I hadn't told anyone ever that I was using drugs on probation. That was just something you don't do. Yeah. (laughs) And so I I trusted her. And I, I was able to to pray with her and to experience God's love through her and her home and her family. And they just loved on me for where I was at. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that was, a, that's a huge part of my story. My testimony of freedom was being able to come to this church whom I didn't know anyone yeah. besides that girl I was in jail with. <laughs> and, uh, I was able to be me. I was able to be real, mm-hmm. be open and honest and say, this is where I'm at. This mm-hmm. is who I am currently and uh i don't know where to go from here what how can you help me please help me i know you guys you know i know god saved me time and time and time again and i know he uses you so how how can i get free from this and so that was where i knew i was like i need prayer i need help um so she had prayed for me and it through being able to communicate with others in the church you know i'm just i'm an open book transparent like just (laughs) like you know, I will tell you where I'm at, how I'm doing. And so I was able to do that with everyone there, everyone. Mm-hmm. And I was curious in the back of my mind. I had this little, you know, curiosity of, is my probation officer going to know? Are they going to tell people and oh, get me in trouble? Okay. That was a huge, you know, but that no they were one, just going to go and tattletale. Yeah. On your, okay. yeah. You know, cause that's what I was used to in my life was not being able to trust people. Got it. And so when I was able to pour out my heart, the deepest, darkest parts of my heart at that time, they never spoke a word. Mm-hmm. I never heard it come back around. I never, you know, I got in trouble um, for my probation officer because of my own doing with, you know, failing a drug test. But I found peace in knowing that they had prayed for me, mm. that they had my back, that they were still praying for me. So back to 2017, when I started, you know, first started going there, I looked at everyone at church as 
you guys are crazy. Right. <laughs> like the way that they were praising Jesus and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand what is going on here, but they are crazy. And, uh, you know, now I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want you to go back because I remember that day you and Alex being in the very front row. That was the first time I had ever seen the two of you. You gave your hearts to Jesus that day. I mean, it was one of those moments where I'm like, the pastor could have been preaching on tithing and you would have raised your hand and given your heart to Jesus. Like, you know, you, you, it was obvious that you were just that couple that was like, okay, we're done. We're at the end of ourselves. But there is something that I found profound about your story. And that is what happened with Colton and the fact that he, as a child, got to see the change in his mom and dad. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so, like I said, Colton. Our little guy had witnessed so many fights. I mean, he was seven when you started going to the church. So there's a lot in his life that he witnessed. And there was, like you said, a lot that was A lot of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of missing mom and dad. I mean, he even, and we, we didn't want to have him come see us in jail, but at the same time we did, you know, Mm -hmm. for a long time we didn't, but then we had him come see us and it was so heartbreaking because he wanted to hold us. He wanted Mm -hmm. to hug us. He, and he couldn't. You know, and um, he didn't understand, but he had witnessed so many physical fights, so, so much um, just rage, breaking things in the house. So he was around drug paraphernalia at that time and God saved him from that. He never once touched any of that, which blows my mind still to this day. Mm -hmm. There was needles near all that. And he never, you know, God spared him Mm -hmm. from that and spared us from, (laughs) from all that. But Colton, you know, he, there would be times when Alex and my relationship, we were the couple that people said shouldn't be together. We were the couple. You two are the complete opposite. (laughs) I will, I will say that. So God is good. (laughs) Yes. And we were the couple, you know, I struggle, struggled more so back then with insecurity, Mm -hmm. jealousy. I'm still working on that, but not we are completely different than who we used to be. At that point in time, if he would look at another woman, I'd punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. I would tackle him. I mean, we would go all out brawling. Um, so Colton had witnessed all that. The transformation of seeing what had happened in his parents, the life that we were living, constantly going in and out of jail. I mean, this kid, we've had to have a talk more recently too of his take on police officers because he didn't and doesn't like police officers, but I've had to explain to him you know, I asked him why. And he said, because they always took you guys away. You know, they always got, they got called and they would mm-hmm. take you away. And so I had to explain that, you know, that was mom and dad's fault. Yeah, you know, not we, the police officer's yes, fault. Yes, and that the police are here to protect us, to mm-hmm. take care of us, to be here when others are trying to harm you. Yeah. You know? And really them taking you away was protecting Colton. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so I got to have a really good talk with him more recently about that now that he's 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to share a little more with you real quick and then we'll get into a little bit more about Colton. Um, so back to um, the Kratom thing at the 21 day fast. We got oh, free yeah, from yeah. that. So I had always thought I would smoke weed too. Okay. Always. You know, even attending church, starting to attend church. Um, always thought I would smoke weed for the rest of my life. It was at me at that time. It was a part of me. Um, and it was just what I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people who relate to that. The end of June of 2019 that year, 
I had tried quitting smoking weed on my own. And I ended up switching it out for alcohol and drank and drank and drank and binged out. And the night of July 2nd, I had blacked out and I made some really poor choices and I ended up getting punched in the eye, in my right eye, Mm -hmm. resulting in the loss of my right eye completely. Um, It exploded that night. And that was one of the biggest fears of my life was to lose an eye. And weirdly, that's one of the best things that's ever happened to me (laughs) with all this. God had brought me to my knees in a whole different way. It was something that I could not physically recover from. I knew God could give me a new eye. I knew that he could heal what had been done. But it was something that he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I found peace in that. He, yeah. it, it humbled me and it showed me his faithfulness once again and brought me to a place of forgiveness that I never, ever thought I could reach and ended up being one of the biggest blessings of my life. And so I hit rock bottom a few times in my life, and I'd say it was one of the most impactful and transformational to me. Surprisingly, I continued to drink after that, even after losing my eye, thinking that I would just stick to beer, just have a couple, and it was never just a couple. Mm -hmm. I have no self-control once I get any bit of alcohol in me or any other drug. Uh, It flips a switch in my mind, and I need more, and I will go to any length to get more. Thankfully, God has taken the whole desire away from me to drink, to use any drugs, Mm -hmm. and I want nothing to do with it. So I thought I had felt freedom when I was freed from all the hard drugs and using needles and drinking alcohol, but true freedom really came when God had challenged me to quit smoking weed. You know, I was at a position where I was really involved in my church, and um just on fire for the Lord sitting up front now as you're saying like the Lord moved me from sitting in the back to like you know falling out falling asleep using drugs to up front praising him after I'd given my life mm-hmm. you know but God wanted he wanted more of me and I wanted more of him yeah. and he had challenged me to one day was like Frankie I want I want you to stop using marijuana mm-hmm. and I'm like Lord you know what happened last time I tried <laughs> You know, I was scared. I lose another eye. Yes, I'm like, got one left. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord. And so, like, I dabbled on that for a while. It was probably a good year or so that I had chewed on, okay, Lord, you're calling me to quit smoking marijuana and quit eating edibles. And, um, you know, the dispensaries had opened up around here at that time. So it made it that much harder. Yeah, I'm that's like, right. Because then Michigan made it legal. Yes. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, like perfect timing. God, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but God had more for me and he always has more for us. The more that we surrender to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a, a devotion one time that our, our pastor had been doing and had said, you know, God lay on our hearts, something that you want us to get rid of. And boom, there it was again instantly. I heard in my spirit, you know, felt in my spirit, marijuana. And I'm like, you know, I wanted to surrender. But at the same time, I was like, no. <laughs> so I I felt in that moment the need to, to cry out once again to prayer from the pastor and ask him, you know, I need I need you to pray for this. God's mm-hmm. laid it on my heart. I need I need your help. You to back me up. Mm-hmm so that I can, I can lay this down. Mm-hmm. And the pastor had explained to me at that time, you know, Frankie, this is where free will comes in. You know, it's not just, oh, you know, because 
there are medicinal benefits to marijuana, but you know, at this point in my life, God calls us personally right. to certain things to lay down. Yep. And he had called me mm-hmm. to not use it anymore. Yep. He said, this is where free will comes in. So it's up to you what you do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are obedient and say, yes, he will give you that strength. But you know, for what you've told me, you know, that he's been calling you for the last year to quit it. And I'm like, ah, yes. And like, I was planning on leaving and, you know, honestly going to go smoke. And so I'm like, okay. So I sat in the parking lot at our church and I looked up to God and I'm like, okay, Lord. Okay. I hear you. I've been hearing you. I need your help. I need your help. I don't, I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want to live apart from what you want for me. Mm -hmm. I want the fullness of what you have for me. And I know that you've called me to lay this down. So I give this to you. And through saying yes to the Lord, Mm -hmm. his calling me to that point, the act of obedience that I was able to do by his spirit, you know, I'm free from marijuana now. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, not going to say there wasn't any ups and downs, you know, a couple bumps in the road. You know, there was miraculous freedom, like from the cocaine Mm -hmm. and, you know, from the other drugs, you know, those took a few trial and error moments of getting free. But God has literally now taken all desire to use any drugs, any alcohol, you know, he's freed me from cigarettes. He's freed me from all of it. And, you know, Colton seeing all of that, Colton seeing me go back to, you know, go back to cigarettes a couple of times, go back to alcohol, go back to marijuana. He has seen that. And the, the amazing way that the Lord uses Colton at his young age mm-hmm. through all he's been, he is one of the biggest prayer warriors that I know because he knows without a doubt that God has saved his family. Mm. He knows that he saved his mom and dad from the life that we were living, from the crimes we were committing, from, from all the chaos, you know, now there's peace in our home. Now there's just, there's trust, there's love. And as a young man, he's man, he shares that at school. Like I've seen what God has done in my family. I've witnessed the miracles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And, and they keep going too. you know, you know, there's always things that God has for us to work on in Mm -hmm. our lives. There's, you know, sanctification's a journey. It won't be done till we're at the end. Right. You know, but he, he has seen those huge things fall off of our life Mm -hmm. and he has seen the perseverance and that it's taken, you Mm -hmm. know, the times of crying out to the Lord, the times of weakness where we fell into temptation but he has seen how we have overcome by jesus mm-hmm. and by his name yeah you know and it just prayer is is essential is so essential in our walk in our life with god and to becoming you know and you know who he's created you to be right. you know it prayer and the people at our church people of god mm-hmm. you know is is and God himself is how I I'm stand here today, alive, free, able to share his goodness. You know, I, I really just, I have this desire to share with the world what he's done. It's so hard to put it all into words and yeah. <laughs> in one hour, you know, there's so much of my story that that is to be shared. Mm-hmm. So many miraculous things. Yeah. But it needs to be shared because there are others that are in where you were just yeah. five, ten years ago that need to know this is an opportunity for you to get set free. Yeah. There is a way. There is hope. And it's for your benefit, not just to save your life, but to save the lives of the people 
that you love. I mean, yes. like just like you said, how many times should Colton have been hurt or died because of what was left out in front of him and how miraculous it was that yeah. God saved him? Yeah. And there are people out there just like you that need to know that there is hope for them. So speak to that person right now that's listening that says, yeah, I'm hooked on drugs. I do this. I do that. And there's no hope for me. What would you say? As long as you're alive, there's always hope. Mm -hmm. God is here. He's with you. He knows exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. He knows what you've been through. Mm -hmm. He knows all the hurts, all the pain, all Mm -hmm. the suffering, the reasons why you're chasing after what you're chasing after and what you're using. And he wants to free you. His power can free you. You can live a life where you don't chase after the counterfeit the things that are stealing from you the things that seem like they're giving you peace and pleasure and feel good feelings but no jesus is our true source yeah he can make a way for you to experience freedom in a way that you've never felt and it gets better from that moment right he has given me a life that i can stand here today and say that i love that i don't have to use anything Mm -hmm. you know we have that free will where we could but God has taken that desire. Mm-hmm. He has lifted that and brought freedom in order to help bring freedom to others. There's been so much in my life and you know, you need to be used. You can be used by God. Mm-hmm. All of all of the things that you've gone through in your life out there, whoever you are listening, God sees you. He sees your heart. He sees how badly you want to be free. And he died on the cross so that you can be set free. I pray that he would bring people to encourage you. I know that if this today, my testimony has impacted your heart, that this is exactly what you needed to hear. And I pray that it doesn't stop from here. I pray Mm -hmm. that God, you plant seeds in the lives of those who are hearing this message today. I pray that you would just bless them abundantly with open eyes to your goodness, to your faithfulness, to your peace. I pray that you would just set them free and take them by the hand, help them to take the steps that they need to be able to walk in freedom. You know, big steps, little steps, each step in the right direction is a step towards freedom. Mm -hmm. And I just pray God that you would just use their past to help to set others free because there's so much despair so much Mm. chaos so much hurt in the world right now and and those moments of those fleeting moments that you were using those drugs or the alcohol or you know smoking marijuana those are temporary but god's forever yeah god is forever and what he has to offer you does not even compare Mm -hmm. to the things that you've been seeking after and using it's just it's beautiful and i pray that that so many of your lives are set free from this message today. One last thing before we close, we should close on that prayer, but we have one more thing. You and Alex have since gotten married because you weren't married before. Yes. You have Colton now has a little sister. Yes. So that was a well surprise. God's blessing to be able to have another child even after everything your body went through with drugs. I mean, yes. that's another miracle right there yes. to be able to give birth to another another child. Tell me 
how life is different now. Life is more peaceful. Mm -hmm. Life is more full. I know he's got more fullness of life for me, which I pray every day, Mm -hmm. but it is more than a, you know, a 360 degree change. We're able to work as a team. We're able to be unified in our family. Mm. My husband and I were able to work towards the same goals. He is a believer, a follower of God. He works on the security and usher team at Living Hope Church, you know, and and he's able to use his past to help other men who are struggling, Mm. you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that's a big deal. But we are able to come together as a team, as a family and help to be, help others where they're at. You know, mm-hmm. we've been through so much. We were able to relate with those just coming out of jail. We're able to relate with those who are homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're on the same page now. Instead of just being willy-nilly wherever, you know, and fighting one another, we're able to, you know, what does God have for us to do today? Mm-hmm. You know, what is his plan for our life? How can we bless others? That's our biggest thing is we want to be a blessing to the world, mm-hmm. to the people in the gas station. When you go to the gas station, you know, the people are on autopilot and just get your stuff and go. Well, it makes a difference when you ask them, hey, how's your day? Mm-hmm. It opens that doorway of communication to be able to share God's love. And that's what I love so much is we we all have the desire to share God's love, to share what he's done in our family. Colton prays those prayers all the time. We pray every single morning for our day and he prays that we could be a blessing, that we could touch people's lives, that we could give them the word of encouragement that they need. We're able to, at that time, we weren't able to tithe, but now we're able to just, yes. Now you actually have money. Yes. You're not spending it on we, And we're so excited to be able to tithe each time because we know that's going towards God's kingdom work. Mm. You know, and just the yeah. beauty of the things that God, the way that he uses us in the world in our, our church mm-hmm. to touch the lives of others. It, I can't even put words to it. It's so powerful mm-hmm. and it's so encouraging every single time I get to get up there and sing for all that he's done. He's just given me this fire. I used to be afraid of singing in front of people and now I, I can't wait, you know, cause he changes lives through me leading worship. I, I don't, it doesn't make sense, but I pray every single time that he would share my testimony with those online or in the congregation without even sharing my testimony and he somehow does that he encourages them gives them hope and we're able to be real we're able to just lay out our lives you know whether we're struggling with fear or worry or anxiety or you know whatever that may be we're able to just lay it out there and work as a team to overcome whatever challenge that may be in our lives. That's awesome. Well, Frankie, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your testimony, because I know that it's going to help somebody else out there. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique On Purpose podcast. And thank you, Frankie, for being vulnerable enough to share your story. And if you find yourself in a place today where you have a drug addiction or there is someone that you love who has a drug addiction, please reach out to a counselor, a church, or a friend. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you right back here next week.